Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today you'll hear an uplifting message from our pastor, Robert Madu. Our hope is that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. Hey, grab your Bible. We're going to be in 2 Kings. Um, we're going to read together and then we're going to be seated together where well, y'all are going to sit down and I'll stand for 30 minutes, but God's going to speak to our hearts. Hey, my biological sister is in the building. Londa's here. Her husband, Michael, let me shout them out. They're here with me today. I'm excited about that. Taught her everything she knows. 2 Kings um, chapter 3. This is a word when pastor told me what was going on here at the church. I said, "Uh uh-oh, I know exactly what I'm supposed to say. So I'm going to say what I'm supposed to say, and I'm going to sit down. 2 Kings chapter 3, you ready? But now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. When the worship ascended, the word descended. Ladies and gentlemen, when this amazing worship team is leading us into the presence of God, this isn't karaoke. We are making prophetic declarations. And when God receives our worship, he'll release the word. And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. The valley that you're in, you're there on purpose. Help me preach. Lean over to somebody. Tell them you're here on purpose. You're here on purpose. You're here on right here on purpose. And if you're here on purpose, you might as well dig. You might as well go deeper. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. He says, you ain't going to know how I did it. I got a couple degrees, but I'm going to talk how I like to talk. You ain't going to know how I did it. All you're going to know is I did it. And I need to tell you, you're about to step into a season of, I don't know. How you get so anointed? I don't know. How you just got that x-ray and you healed? I don't know. How your family serving God and you used to drop it like it's hot at Freaknik in 95? I don't know. How you open up that business with an eighth grade education? I don't know. All I know is I once was blind, but now I see. All I know is God sent me a word and then he handled the rest of it. All I know is that he's a miracle working God. Just shout it with me. I don't know. Says you ain't going to see how it happened. But that valley. You can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. He says in the previous verse, make this valley full of ditches. And now in this verse, he says, and that valley (laughs) shall be filled with water. Make this valley full of ditches. That valley would be, God's about to turn your this to that. (laughs) I got to leave that alone. This prayer request, that miracle. This 21-day fast, that family getting saved. That valley shall be filled with water so that you, this next part is just for Texas, and your cattle and your animals may drink. I love this because what he's saying is everything attached to you is going to get what they need. 
In other words, the prophet says, prepare for overflow. This ain't for everybody. Give me 200 people and a 15-year-old that know this is your year for more than enough. No, you didn't hear what I just said. I'm tired. Deliverance over your life from just enough. Come on here. From just enough to pay my bills. For just enough to make it through the week. For just enough. No, 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 no. This is the year of more than enough. Do me a favor. High five your neighbor like you in a cogent church. And tell them get ready for overflow. Get ready. Get, 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 get ready for overflow. More than enough. More than enough. More. More. Peter caught so much fish that his boat starts sinking. I think we really miss a major part in this story. He caught so much he had to share. He had to find partners to connect with. And that's beautiful. But I wonder, this is me, if I'm Peter, I'm grateful for the miracle, but I'm going to get back to shore and say, dang it. I should have got a bigger boat. (laughs) Faith creates capacity. And I feel like the Lord wants me to say something real quick. I didn't give this to the last service, but I feel like you're supposed to hear this. What you call management and what you call being careful, God calls fear. Why not go bigger? Why not go bigger? Faith creates capacity. There's somebody in here who has a dream to open a clothing store and you're like, well, this little little closet would do. Why not go bigger? If God can give you a closet, he could give you the mall. See, y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't re- Y'all not even. No, no, no. Why not go bigger? This is the season of go big. If I'm going to dream, I'm going to dream big. I ain't going to waste my dream. If I'm going to expect, I'm going to expect big. Either he's Jira or he's not. Either he's able or he's not. Either his word is true or it's not. Go big. And this is the year. I'm telling you what I'm telling you because I'm telling you what I'm trying to tell you. That it's going to be more than enough, Elisha said. Now verse 18, if we was in South Carolina, somebody pull out a tambourine and we'll shout. Shouting is not a scream. It's a fast motion with your feet. I don't know why they call it that. This next verse, just be careful. If you're going to get a tattoo this year, get this. The Bible says, and this is a simple matter. Did you hear what I just said? And this is a simple matter. What's impossible for you? This is what the Bible is saying. It's not just possible for God. It's simple. It's simple. You need money? He walk on gold. Simple. You need healing? It's in his stripes. 
simple. You need a breakthrough? He's the God of the breakthrough. Simple. You need a battle one? He's never lost one. Simple. And this, I don't know what your this is, but I'm going to give you 20 seconds to praise him like you know that thing is simple for your God. Did you hear what I just said? That thing is simple. For, it's easy for him. He is who he said he is. He is Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nishi, Jehovah Sikhanu, Jehovah Mechadesh. It's easy for our God. He is Alpha. He is Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He is the great I am. He is the Rose of Sharon. He is the Lily of the Valley. He is the Bride of Morning Star. He is the Prince of Peace. He is who he says he is, and it is easy. And this And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. I like this next part. This has only been four verses. Y'all like, he's taking a long time. I like this next part. Semicolon. He will also. You can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. He will also now he just said the water thing was a simple matter <laughs> now he's saying God gonna do the easy thing God gonna do the headquarters but he will also God gonna save your 18 year old but he will also off your mortgage but he will also 2023 is the year of the also tell your neighbor get ready for the also Travis what's the also the also is the stuff you ain't even think to ask about the also is the stuff you didn't even think to ask about God says I'm about to do some also's up in your life take 15 seconds and praise him like you know how to praise him clap your hands and shout like you know he is able to do it seemingly abundantly above all you can ask or think he is a God of the also. He's the God of the also. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me woo saw. But has anybody experienced some also's in your life? Uh-uh, uh-uh. That's the stuff you didn't even see coming. You didn't. He will also deliver what's been standing against you Ooh. he will also deliver what's been threatening you can I just can, can you please just give me 55 seconds right here I need to tell you something that's worth writing down God does not just anoint you for the destination he anoints you for the journey. If David was just anointed for the destination, then Samuel pour oil on me when Saul is dead. But the oil flowed the chapter before Goliath met David in the valley. Why? Because when God anoints you, he anoints you for the opposition on the way to the destination. And so Saul tried to dress David in a backup plan. 
and his security, your loved ones to do that for you. You need to put this on, baby. This is going to protect you. You need to get this type of relationship with this type of degree and this type of weave. This is going to set you up. And David said, Saul, that worked for you. But I'm already dressed in oil. David showed up to the battlefield. He came through dripping. He showed up to the battlefield with oil already on him because he wasn't just anointed for the throne. He was anointed for the giant. What are you saying, Travis? The best thing that could have happened to Goliath was to get hit with a stone. Can you imagine Goliath trying to grab David when he's already oily? Why? Because the enemy can't handle the anointing and that's why you made it this far. That's why some people started out with you but they didn't make it because you've been anointed for the destination. That's why the weapon was formed because it can't work because you was anointed before the weapon was formed. I need you to half out somebody and tell them you're anointed for this. You're anointed for the journey. You're anointed for the battle. You're anointed for the opposition. Thou anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So he will also deliver. I came to Dallas, Texas to tell somebody, quit stressing while he's resting. It's a simple matter. Take 20. I want you to lift your hands and receive that. Your faith is being increased right now. There's somebody, it took all you had to get to church today. It took your last 20 and you had to encourage your own self to get out of bed because you was over people And if you'll be honest, you are over God. But I'm so glad that he's a God that won't get over you. (laughs) He says, don't be afraid. For I am with you even until the end of the earth. I go before you. And I hear the Lord say, you did not call yourself. You did not call yourself. So because you didn't call yourself, you can't uncall yourself. If God is Alpha and Omega, this is about to mess up your theology. If he's Alpha and Omega, that means he sees everything at the same time. That means he stands outside of time and he can't be contained by something he created. So if God stands outside of time, this is crazy. When the oil was poured on David, at the same time, he saw Bathsheba's bathwater being poured. (laughs) And yet, he allowed the oil to pour anyway. God, why would you replace an evil king with a king that you know gonna make a mistake? God says, Travis, because I'm not just Alpha, I'm Omega. Which means, Shayla, he saw David on the other side of the mistake. And he knew there will come a Sunday in January of 2023 when the thing that you try to allow to die, those dry bones will live again. 
this is that day. You're coming back alive. You're going to quit. I'm prophesying. You're going to quit apologizing for the anointing you didn't give yourself. Did you hear what I just said? I'm talking to you in the back. I'm talking to you in the watch party. You're going to quit apologizing for the oil you didn't pour on yourself. David never asked for it. It's a simple matter. Why? Because you're already anointed for it. Which means you were equipped for the journey before you ever took one step. Goliath was as good as dead when David showed up. Because he was anointed. And so what looked like a giant for everyone else looked like a door for David. And he laughed in the face of danger like Simba. And he said, bro, you don't even know what I'm covered in. Goliath, if you knew what was good for you, you'd move up my way. Cancer, if you knew what was good for you, you'd move up my way. Debt, if you knew what was good for you, you'd move up my way. Depression, if you knew what was good for you, you'd move up my way. STD, if you knew what was good for you, you'll move up my way. Suicidal thoughts, if you knew what was good for you, you'll move up. Anxiety, if you knew what was good for you, you'll move up my way. Take 20 seconds and give God a praise like you about to go to another level. I said praise him like you're going to another level. Let everything that have breath praise ye. All right. I'm going to give you a couple points and I'm going to be done. You can sit down. That's your fault for pulling on the atmosphere. That's supposed to be a simple scripture read. Woo! That's a simple matter. You forgot how big your God is. Hey, single mom, you forgot that if God can bring you out, he got your children in his hand too. And I love this story, 2 Kings chapter 3. It's the only thing I've been reading this year, over and over and over. And every time I read it, I see something different. Because <laughs> it's a story about three kings that go to battle. And they're marching for seven days. And they get out on the field and recognize, bro, we ain't got no water. The Bible said they thirsty. And they start panicking. And one of the kings from Judah, because praise will always speak up for you. The king, his name is Jehoshaphat, he speaks up and he says, is there no prophet here? Is there no answer here? Is there no solution here? Is there no one who's anointed here? He understands that God can speak in the valley. And Elisha's name comes up. Ooh, your name about to come up. Elisha's name comes up. And this is his whole resume. <laughs> Someone speaks up and says, hey, I, Elisha is here. Where? In the valley? Elisha is here. And he says, he says, this is the man who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Now, to you, that sounds really simple, but you can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. This is the man who poured water on the hands of Elijah. He didn't just pour water. He sold water. Which is why right now in this text, he's able to put a demand on a harvest of rain. Because your history is the thing that equips you for your assignment. Did you hear what I just said? Your history equips you for your assignment. Do you know what the name Moses means? 
The name Moses means literally, it's an Egyptian name given by Pharaoh's daughter who rescued him from the water. His name means drawn from water, drawn from water. When I read this, it blew my mind. Drawn from water. He's drawn out of water and 80 years later, he will guide the Israelites through water. What are you saying, Travis? I'm saying the thing that you're drawn out of is the thing that you're assigned to guide other people through. Don't despise your history. This is why Joshua marched around the wall 13 times in seven days. On the, on the seventh time, on the seventh day, he screamed at the wall and the wall came down. Do you know Joshua's previous occupation? He was a slave in Egypt that made bricks. So he had authority to shout at walls because his history equipped him for his assignment. You may have heard of this guy named Jesus. Jesus was a carpenter, which is why in his assignment, he carried a cross because your history equips you for your assignment. I'm trying to tell you, quit despising humble beginnings. You might be at Burger King now flipping burgers, baby girl, but you are getting equipped for the assignment on your life. That's why you got to be careful when you judge people when you only meet them in chapter one. I need you to lean on your neighbor and tell them you don't even know the real me. God will equip you where you are. And now God releases a word when he hears the sound of worship. Don't miss that. He released a word when he hears the sound. Bring me a musician, the sound of worship. He doesn't release the word when he sees the ditches. This is powerful. Because before you give God a ditch to fill, you got to give him an atmosphere to fill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before you give God something that's vacant to fill, give him a worship to F-E-E-L. Give God something to feel. And I am a living testimony that when God feels your worship, he don't mind filling your storehouse. When God feels your worship, he don't mind filling your bank account. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. When God feels your worship, he'll fill your empty places. That's why the Bible says in Psalms 22 that he inhabits the praises of his people. And so I came to encourage you, don't let your valley season talk you out of worship. That the enemy may take some things, but he can't take my worship. Don't let the devil convince you that God's not worthy, even though you in the valley. Here's Elisha. He's in the same condition, but he has a different conviction. He's in the same predicament, but he has a different posture. Everybody's panicking and saying, we need water. And, jo and Elisha said, no, 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 bro. We need worship because God can make rivers, but so can you. For the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You have the ability locked inside of your worship to put a demand on a miracle. And I wonder, is there 200 people that came in church today that need a miracle from God? Right there in the middle of your valley, can I encourage you? This is the best time to lift your hands and give him praise. Don't reserve your worship for a mountaintop. It's louder in the valley. I love this. Because it is an even if. And don't get it twisted. I believe in the blessings of God. I've seen too much not to believe that he wants his children blessed. But I've also been broke. I'm talking about real broke. Not this new school broke. When folks be like, I broke, but you got on Jordan's nod. I'm talking about real broke. But I've been broke before obeying an instruction from God. How do you explain that you're following God when you can't pay your bills? Oh, yeah, they don't like this kind of preaching. How?
how do you? And the Bible says in Matthew 4 that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness. What happens when God is the one who leads you to the valley? Can I tell you? Maybe he's trying to create in you a valley worshiper. A valley worshiper is an unconditional worshiper. That's why I appreciate the old school saints. My mama, if she was here, she'd be tearing her whole row up right now. She's an old school worshiper. My mom had a husband that died when he was 28. I was five years old and I don't remember one day without hearing my mom lift up a praise even in the midst of her valley because she was an unconditional worshiper. An unconditional worshiper is like Job who says you give and take away but my heart will say blessed be the name of the Lord. An unconditional worshiper is a worshiper who made a decision before they face a circumstance that said I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth. An unconditional worshiper is an even if worshiper. Even if he don't come through the way I want him to. Even if my car get repoed. Even if the baby daddy leave me for somebody else. Even if I get looked over for the promotion. I owe God a praise because if I had 10,000 tongues, it still wouldn't be enough. And when I don't know what to say, I can wave my hands and say thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for not leaving me where you found me. Thank you for clothing me in my right mind. Thank you for putting food on my table and clothes on my back. Is there anybody in this room that got to thank you in your spirit? Valley worshipers, bring me a musician. Where? In the valley. Bring God, teach us how to worship in the valley. Teach us how to worship in the valley. Worship first. Then the word, then the water. Worship first, then the word, then the water. Worship first, then the word, then the water. I love this because it teaches us something that you can't wait on the water to start worshiping. There's so many people that wait on the result to praise God. I like praisers that confuse the devil. He expects your praise when you win the lotto. I'm rich. That's expected. But he don't expect you to foreclose and lift your hands and say, God, you're still worthy. He don't expect for the bank to tell you no. And you say, God, you're still worthy. He don't expect for you to show up to work and they fire you and you walk out and say, God, you're still worthy. You're still Jehovah Jireh. You're still my provider. I wasn't dependent on a job. I was dependent on you anyway. The devil don't see that kind of worship coming. Is there anybody with a valley worship that can blindside the devil for the next 10 seconds and give God a praise right where you are? I don't have to be on top to worship. I don't have to be balling shot calling to worship. I've learned how to worship anywhere. Bring me a musician. Bring me a musician. Elisha never asked for a miracle. He just asked for a musician. Because he understood if I could create an atmosphere for the king to show up, I don't have to beg for freedom if I set an atmosphere for the key holder to show up. I don't have to beg for money if I set an atmosphere for Jireh to show up. I don't have to beg for healing if I create an atmosphere for Rafa to show up. Can I tell you something? This might be old school, but you need to get back to creating atmospheres in your home. You just be letting all kind of spirits fly around in your house. You need to grab that remote from your teenager and say, we ain't watching that mess up in here. As for me and my house, we will worship. My mama was like, my dear, she'll wake me up with oil just splattering all over my room. Quit waiting on your child to make a decision. I'm sorry, I just got to say it. 
Your child is three years old, don't even know their ABCs. You feel like going to church today? <laughs> that ain't how we was raised, Pastor Robert. You just, we ain't want no choice. You're going to eat these collard greens, you're going to church. And here, Elisha shares an unreasonable instruction. He says, dig ditches in the valley. Now, I don't like this, Elisha. I'm going to tell you why this don't make any sense. I'm going to give you three facts. Fact number one, they thirsty. Why would you ask me to dig when I'm thirsty? That doesn't sound like a big deal to you. But this week, I had to go to the doctor multiple times and get IV fluid because they said I was severely dehydrated and exhausted because I've been fasting and preaching and traveling. And they said, you need to sit down. And I said, the devil is alive. I'm going to Social Dallas. If I got to pass out, so if I pass out, I'm not in the spirit. Give me some IV and I'll get back up and start preaching again. <laughs> but I can't imagine being dehydrated and told to dig. How insensitive. How unreasonable, Elisha. Don't you know the facts? Fact number one, they thirsty. Fact number two, they're preparing for battle. Bruh. I'm trying to get my sword sharp. I'm trying to do some push-ups. I'm trying to get ready for the attack. Don't you know there's an army that's about to attack us? Are you telling me not to focus on what's in front of me, but to focus on what's beneath me? That's a word. You're telling me to lock in and to dig deep right where I am? You're telling me to quit fixing my eyes on a future and trust God in my now? You're telling me not to, to become content in the valley? you telling me not to reserve my strength and my joy for there, there. God, I, when I get there, oh, let's work that. When I get there, I'll worship. When I get there, I'll obey. When I get there, you got your own there. When I get married with two kids, come on. When I get there, then I'll do what you're asking me to do. When I get the degree, when I get the money, when I get there. Let me tell you the thing about there. When you get there, it becomes here, and then you be in search of another there. That's why you got to learn contentment and allow your here to be enough. Because the letter... T is really the sign of a cross. And when you put the cross in front of your here, it becomes your there. And you'll get contentment right where you are. So no, army, I don't need you focusing on a battle that God's going to fight for you anyway. I need you to lock in and dig deep right where you are. Unreasonable. Thirsty? Battle? Number three. They have no digging tools. You can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. They, didn't have, they there for battle. Man, you telling me to dig. Can you give me a shovel? Has God ever given you an instruction without giving you the tools? <laughs> Has God ever given you a vision that you couldn't afford? I didn't come to preach to everybody. I came to preach to the dreamers. I came to preach to the Josephs. He said, he said, dig, right? God, I ain't got no digging tools. I was reading this, and I said, God, I, God, I don't see no tools in this story. He said, maybe, Travis, it was an invitation for them to use their hands. Because 2023 is a year you're going to have to get a little dirty. Can I tell you something? Some of y'all too cute to be used. You don't have your outfit picked out since Thursday, ironed and starched and ready, and said, I'm going to kill them at church this weekend. 
I'm going to Gillies to give God a praise and to get snacks. Hello, I'm about to get my bow ass. You too cute. This year you're going to have to get a little dirty. This year you're going to have to get your grit back. This year you're going to have to get your grind back. This year you're going to have to get the mentality that if I got to go all by myself, if I got to believe all by myself, if I got to fast all by myself, if I got to pray all by myself, I'm going to get my hands involved with the promises that God has invited me to. Now here's what tripped me out. Here's what tripped me out. Is that God knew the limitation before he gave the instruction. He knew the limitation. Second Samuel chapter 30 is a story. I'm going to give it to you real quick, but I don't really want to park here, but I just got to tell you this. David gets to Ziklag. He gets back to Ziklag. Ziklag's burned down. Ziklag's burned down. Everybody starts going crazy. 600 families, 600 men. They're crying so hard, they lose their strength. They're going crazy. They said, my wife gone. My kids gone. The Bible said both of David's wives gone. He was a baller. I don't know what David had going on, but everybody's gone. they crying. This is scripture where it says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Something happened. David went to the side. They were about to stone him. He went to the side and said, God, should we pursue? God said, yeah, you should pursue and you will recover it all. Now, something interesting happens, and all of this happens in the valley. Something interesting happens in the valley. The Bible said 400 men decide they're too tired to go forward. I'm too tired. I can't, I can't go which actually is 200. 200 men say a third of the army say, we're too tired to go. Now, what tripped me out is that you had enough energy for the mountain, but you ain't got no, no energy for the valley. You, you had enough energy and a belief to rock with me on top, but now that we're low, you can't, you, can't, you can't rock with your boy. They said, bro, we ain't valley made. We got to get up out of here. We, we gone. And what tripped me out about the story, they go, they recover it all. It's amazing. They go, they recover it all. It's amazing. They go, they recover it all. It's amazing. But before they go, David never prays again. I asked the Bible question. I said, God, now if a third of my army leaves me, it's a lot of people. I'm going to pray at least one more time and say, God, now before you told me with 600 to go, now do you still mean the same thing? The reason David never prayed, oh, you got to catch this, because God's not just alpha. I'm going to keep saying it until you get it. He's omega, which means God knew who would leave him before he gave the instruction. Did you hear what I just said? God knew the limitation before he gave you the instruction. He knew what business partner would drop out before he gave you the instruction. He knew what relationship wouldn't work out before he gave you the instruction. And if God gave you the instruction before the limitation showed up, it means that he's God enough to see you through to an expected in the valley is a faith invitation now what tripped me out what tripped me out can I have 10 more minutes 10 10 more minutes all right what tripped me out is that this word ditch translate in Hebrew to pits so he said dig pits now when I hear the word pits I think of Genesis 37 I think of Jojo Joseph you know Joseph Joseph had a dream, like Martin Luther King. Joseph had a dream. He said, he said, hey man, I had a dream. Was collecting sheaves. Mine stood up, rose up above y'all. All y'all bowed to me. His brother said, cool. What we're going to do with that dream is we're going to try to kill you. And so, <laughs> so his brothers threw him in a pit. This is the true story, ladies and gentlemen. It's found in the Bible. They threw him in a pit. And at surface level, it looked like they buried him. Ain't it funny, Pastor Taylor, that he dreamed of a harvest and that he was thrown into a pit? I asked the book questions. I said, God, why you allow this man to be buried? God said, because I don't anoint you for the destination. I anoint you for the journey, which means 
He was never buried because you can't bury something that's alive. He dreamed of a harvest not knowing he was the seed. He wasn't buried, he was planted. Ooh, did you hear what I just said? The season you coming out of, you need it. They can't bury you. They can't suppress the anointing on your life. They can't shut you down. God allowed you to go through that so he can plant you because you're about to mount up on wings like eagle. He's about to establish you like a tree planted beside rivers. Come on here. He's about to establish you. You were planted. You were planted. So be careful when you get excited about harvest. Because the fine print in the promise is that your name is the seed. There ain't no shouts right there. If I say, you get a car, you get a car, everybody, woo! No, no, no. But are you willing to trust God in the valley? This is crazy what I'm about to drop. Did you know there's more vegetation in the valley than on the mountaintop? Did you hear what I just said? There's more vegetation? I like her. She said, yeah, I heard you. I can repeat it. There's more vegetation in the valley. I had to look this up. Stuff don't really grow like that on a mountaintop. And you've been comparing yourself with people mountaintop selfies. Just because they're on top don't mean they're fruitful. So could it be God has you in a valley season because he's trying to develop you because he wants something to grow from you because he wants you to produce fruit that will last because he is doing a work in you I read this and God spoke to me because you can't just read the Bible you gotta read the Bible I read this and the Lord showed me Travis they weren't the only ones working in the valley he says how were you created I said fearfully and wonderfully made he said no <laughs> with what I said, dirt. He said, so could it be as they were working on the dirt, I was working on the dirt? The valley is not about you digging in it. It's about creating space for God to dig in you. It's about you allowing God to do his work on the inside of you. Check creation. Everything he spoke into existence. Planets, boom. Galaxies, boom. Mountains, boom. Stars, boom. Moon, boom. Sun, boom. Grass, boom. Easy, 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 boom. And then it got to man. And he said, I ain't going to speak this one. I'm going to get my hands involved. And the angel said, what is man that you are mindful of him? He said, mind your business. I'm getting my hands involved. Can I tell you something? Whenever you don't hear God speaking, it's because he's getting his hands involved. He's getting his hands involved with you this season. And God don't mind getting his hands dirty when it comes to him being the potter and you being the clay. That's why he got you where he got you. It may feel like loneliness, but child of God, he got you in the valley so he can work on you. It may feel like you're in a desperate situation, but he has you where he has you so he can work on you. And I came to tell you, don't rush out of the valley. David said, yea, though I... Come on, David. Why can't I run through the valley? Why can't I skip through the valley? He said, yea, though I walk. He said, Travis, because if you rush, you're going to mess up his work. And I'm afraid we got so many people who just want to rush through seasons. 
You just met him on TikTok yesterday and you already picked out your wedding colors. That's weird. Rush. One DM and you already got an app to see what y'all kids gonna look like. That, listen, slow, tell somebody, slow down. Yea, though I walk through the valley. You got to move at the pace of grace. God wants you to slow down so he can do his good work on you. Ugh. You don't want to skip this stage. No, listen to me. You want to graduate. You want God to get everything in you and everything out of you that he wants to in the valley. I'm almost done. I was talking to my pastor the other day. He said, Travis, what do you see when you're on the mountain? I said, uh, I hate pop quizzes, man. Just tell me. He said, Travis, you see other mountains. That's another mountain over there. Don't speak it. That's another mountain. He said, Travis, how do you get to the other mountain? I wish I could just jump. But I embarrassed and hurt myself. And that's what the devil wants you to do. I'm going to go a little deeper. What he really wants you to do is to settle on the current mountain you're on. And I've been there, successful, quote-unquote, in music. And God said, Travis, move to Columbia, Columbia, South Carolina, South Carolina, and start a church. I said, is there anything good in Columbia, South Carolina? I know you got to go through South Carolina to get from Atlanta to Charlotte. I don't know nobody in Columbia, South Carolina. He said, go to Columbia and start a church. Well, God, I don't like that because I'm on a mountain. And the only way to get to another mountain, because God will hype you up. Oh, yeah, he will. He'll give you a glimpse of the mountain, Joseph. He'll give you a glimpse of the, of the business. He'll give you a glimpse of the marriage. We ain't going to ever argue. We never going to have morning breath. Our relationship going to be perfect. But the fine print is that the only way to get from one mountain to the other mountain is to submit to another valley season. And we misquoted the scripture from faith to faith because we think that means from elevation to elevation. And although it does, the only way to get re-elevated is to trust God enough to go back down. And can I preach to five people real quick and tell them if you found yourself in another valley, it's time not to bow down or shrink back or be timid, but to lift up your head, all ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And watch the king of glory come in. Why am I praising God in the valley? Because if God got me here, that means I'm headed to another mountain. I need some people in here who Holy Ghost feel that say, don't judge me right now. I may be starting from the bottom, but God's about to bring me back up. Don't judge me right now because I needed $20 to get to church. God's about to bring me back up. If I'm in the valley, it's because I'm on my way back. Because the Lord of the harvest is the God of the valley. I'm done with this. Promotion does not come on the mountain. It's another tattoo. Promotion does not come on the mountain. I walk across the stage to get my diploma, but that's not where it's earned. Promotion doesn't come on the mountain. That's where it's visible. 
promotion comes to the valley. Ezekiel dry bones in the valley. Goliath with David in the valley. Gideon 300 in the valley. The valley is the place of promotion. And I'm afraid we are mountaintop addicts. If I could just get to the mountaintop. Can I tell you the problem with the mountaintop? Not everybody going to catch this. You got to be, you got to have a little depth to catch what I'm about to say. All right. If you don't catch it, you're cool. I got some more stuff for you. I promise. But it's for my deep folks. Do you know why you got to be careful with the mountaintop? Because when it rains on the mountaintop, it flows off. I'm going to give you time to chew that. That's why he said dig in the valley. Because when it rains in the valley, it creates streams. Did you hear what I just said? You want to learn how to worship in the valley? Because valley rain produced streams. Streams of income. Streams of innovation. Streams of creativity. Streams of opportunity. Streams of connection. I need somebody to lift your hands and say, I'm ready for valley rain. And this is a simple matter. Faith creates capacity. That's the last tattoo I want you to get. Faith creates capacity. Say it with me. Faith creates capacity. Faith does not determine how much of the miracle is available. It determines how much of the miracle is contained. Faith does not determine how much of the miracle is available, but it does determine how much of the miracle is contained because faith creates capacity. There's a similar story. Mom, I love this story. Second Kings chapter four, a widow woman. It's still Elisha, preached the same message. He only preached the same message. Just read the Bible. He preached the same thing all through second Kings. Faith creates capacity. Widow woman comes to him, say, hey, my husband was in the company of prophets. He dead now, didn't leave me with any life insurance. I'm a retired first lady. It's kind of embarrassing. My two sons are about to be taken as slaves because we're in debt right now. And Elisha, insensitive Elisha, he don't ask her for her cash app. He don't say, ooh, let me check with the benevolence committee at Social Dallas. He don't say, ooh, let me set you up a, 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 a GoFundMe. You know what Elisha told the woman? He said, what do you have in your house? Fam, I just told you. <laughs> he said, no, I hear what you're saying, but wh what do you have in your house? This woman said, every time, every time I think about the scripture, it's an SWV anointing. I get so weak on my knees. I, but still, I'll be like, ooh, this thing's so good to me, dog. You know what she said? She said, I have nothing left. Except that except right there, that thing send me up every time because your except is enough. The miracle is in the awareness of what you've been overlooking. You didn't hear what I just said. You didn't hear what I just said. The miracle is in your awareness of what you've been overlooking. She said, I have nothing left except a small jar of olive oil. Now, here's what happened, and I'm out. He said, Go around. And collect as many empty jars as you can. God is drawn to emptiness. Collect as many empty jars as you can. She brings them back. Her sons, and her, they start pouring the oil. 
Second Kings chapter four, read it when you get home. It's a crazy story. They start pouring the oil. Here's the tragedy. The Bible says, she said, hey son, give me another jar. He said, mama, we ain't got no more. And the oil stopped. God didn't run out. Could it be that you mad at God? And you said, I'm gonna wait on you. And he said, I'm gonna wait on you. And if I was that woman, I would have been like Peter with a bigger boat and said, God dog it. I should have found me some more empty jars because faith creates. He got unlimited oil. The question is, do you have enough faith to contain the miracle? If you only dig one ditch, you only get one puddle. Did you hear what I just said? If you only dig one ditch, you only get one puddle. I need a hundred people that say, God, forgive me. I haven't been having a faith that you deserve, but I'm going to believe again. You are who you say you are, and I know you can do exceedingly above what I can imagine. So allow my faith to expand my capacity. God, you can meet me here. Faith gives a miracle and address. I'm done with this. I felt like God wanted me to share a story with you. You can remain standing. This is it. I'm just going to tell you this story real quick. I told you about how God told me to, to start this church. And, man, I, uh, I didn't want to do it, y'all. I had so many reasons why not to do it. First of all, God, that's a bad idea. I don't want to be nice to people every day. That's reason number one. Number two, I want to wear Jordans. Reason number two. Reason number three, I don't want to be nice to people every day. And God was like, boy, hush, you're going to start this church. And when we started it, you got to understand. You got to understand, y'all. I was, I had just did a show in front of 800,000 people in Nigeria. Did you hear what I just said? That's a lot of human beings. That's a lot of jollof. That's a lot of... And God said, start the church. Y'all, this was our first Monday service. Put this up for me. You see that? God, this is me. That is embarrassing. Yeah. And then my friend, Jonathan McReynolds came. He said, I'm going to support you on your first service. And I ain't going to lie. I told him we was on the front row. I said, man, it probably ain't going to be but like 30 people here. This is me. Intentional is number one on the radio. And this is my worship team. That ain't an LED wall behind us. Whenever, you know this, Will, whenever you got the guitar speakers on stage, <laughs> you in bad shape. But this was our valley. And then we had our first Sunday service, and I was so excited about this. I want to show you what the valley looks like. Go to the next one. This is our first Sunday service, and these LED panels, they're not LED panels. These are... Uh, stuff that we bought from Home Depot, little tubes, and we put LED strips in them and looked up on YouTube how to do it. And uh, some of y'all don't know this, but Chandler, he actually lived with me for like six or seven years, and, and he helped me build these. And uh, Chayla, she was there, and we, we built these, and we were so excited, and we stood up there, and we said, ain't nobody doing this. We elevation. <laughs> and the truth was, it wasn't nobody doing that. It was ghetto. One good stump, all the lights went out. 
Because this is what the valley looks like. But we were so proud because grace obliged you. You don't even know how hood it is. You think you're balling. Some of y'all didn't know how broke you was eating government cheese until you came out. You thought you was. This was our government cheese season. Government. <laughs> Next one. And then this was our little sanctuary before COVID. It said about 300. Fire marshal came. He put a sign in front of the door. He said, no one else can come in here. And he said, Mr. Green, if you take this sign down, you're going to get fined. I didn't take the sign down. I covered it with a welcome to Forward City sign. I said, call me Paul and Silas. You got to lock me up. So we still have several citations that we haven't paid. We believe in God that they're going to go away. In Jesus' name, y'all touch and agree. They're going away. They've got before me several citations. <laughs> but that was me holding my camera. This is when COVID hit. And I said, man, I don't know where we're going to go. So I asked my wife, I said, babe, we still got to have church. Can we pull up to the crib? And so we went to my basement and started recording services there. This is in 2020. The Valley the valley. And, and don't get me wrong, we were excited about that room that I was showing you. We had three services with 300 people. We elevation. <laughs> we were so excited. And God shut it down. Like he shut down Ziklag. Ziklag was burnt to the ground. 2 Samuel 30. Do you know what happened the next day? King Saul died. Maybe God allowed your current season to be burnt down because he has something else in store for you. <laughs> Maybe it's because God was ready to escort you into your future. This is in our basement. This is what the valley looked like. Next slide. And then this is what used to be a Best Buy. This is a Best Buy on Two Notch Road in Columbia, South Carolina. And God told me March of 2020, I had a visitation in my dream. This is a true story. And he said, Travis, the building is yours. Lay hands on it every day. I woke up. I told my wife. I said, yo, the Lord spoke to me. Y'all, we had $140,000 in our account for the church. It's not a lot of money when you want to buy a building that's millions of dollars. I said, God said, we're going to buy this building. He told me to lay hands on it every day. And then there was a realtor named Axel. I love this man. White guy. That's an important detail because I told, I told Axel, I said, hey, we want access to be able to shoot promotional videos and encourage uh, different people to give. He said, sure thing. He gave me the keys. Listen, y'all, don't go around handing black folks your keys. Let me tell you. <laughs> that man called me one day. He said, there's a lot of cars out there. Y'all having church? I said, no, we're shooting a lot of promotional videos today, Axel. Y'all was having full-blown revival in there. We, was, <laughs> we set up production, y'all. We made that thing gillies. Roaches everywhere. Roaches were shouting praise. It's so many saved cockroaches in Columbia right now because of what happened. <laughs> On my laptop is a virtual picture of this plan. And y'all... I had this developed. I need you to hear me. This is what it looks like to dig. I came to encourage your faith and tell you to dig again. Believe again. 
I got this created with no money, but I had a pen. And if you could dream it, you could write it. And my wife, my wife used to be covered up in a blanket next to me, and I'd be covered up in these plans. I would sleep with them every night, and whenever God showed me anything, I would draw it. I was telling Pastor Robert between services, my dad died when I was a kid. So I was never, I didn't have a guy in my life to teach me how to play basketball. Don't try it, I can play. But I didn't have, I don't know how to change oil. I don't know how to do all that stuff. I grew up around women. So I ain't never built nothing in my life. I don't know how plumbing is ran. I never seen drywall put up. But God started showing me stuff. And I said, ooh, ooh, we want a playground over here. And they said, Mr. Green, you ain't got no money. I said, but I know Jaira. I said, I don't know how he gonna do it. I won't see the rain. I won't see the wind, but he gonna fill this valley. And what I'm gonna do is dig. I'm gonna be found faithful, digging and trusting God. Y'all, we rolled up to this cockroach infested Best Buy with blue tape. This is a true story. Blue tape. And we marked off. I said, this is gonna be the sanctuary. With blue tape. This is gonna be our youth room. This is gonna be our indoor playground. It's the largest indoor playground in our region. The playground costs $100,000 and God paid for it. Y'all, in six months, six months in a pandemic, in a valley, we bought the building cash. This is our current building, what used to be a Best Buy. Ladies and gentlemen, Over 500 people have joined our church this year. There's over 200 and something volunteers every week. 2,000 people cramming into multiple services in this, what used to be a Best Buy, what used to be a dream. I'm not telling you this to boast, I'm telling you this to build your faith. Cause you haven't seen anything yet. But what you don't want to happen is to wait until you see the rain to start digging. You'll be too late. One ditch, one puddle. I'm done, would you lift your hand for a moment? Whew. I feel I'm doing it, he's increasing your faith. Childlike faith. To be optimistic again. To have passion again. To trust again. You've allowed disappointment to suffocate your faith. But God is still able. God, I thank you for your sons and your daughters. I thank you that in this moment, our faith is increasing to know that he who has begun a good work is faithful to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You're gonna finish what you start. And we're not going to wait until we see the rain. We're not going to wait until we see the river to give you praise. But right here in the valley, we're going to lift our voice like a trumpet and bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Take 20 seconds and shout like you know it's going to rain. Come on, shout like you know it's going to rain. In your life, in your city, in your neighborhood, for your family, it's going to rain. High five five people and tell them, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready for the rain. Get ready for the rain. 
we would like to thank you for being a part of our social global family. Please head to our website, socialdallas.online, and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world. Thank you.